Alright, we're just gonna jump right into this next fucking episode. So let me check this mic. Yes, we're on. Testing, testing. Everybody hear that? Okay, good. Very good. Very, very good. Let me grab a match. Get some match action noise. There we go. That's a good one. Light your shit up. We are going to talk about probably the most, I would say, infamous and successful career criminals of this world's modern time. And it's happening here, folks. It's all happening here. Charles Sabraj. Charles Sabraj was, uh, I think he was born April 6th in like 1990, no, 1944 was when he was born. And now people, I would like to note as a fun fact, out of every hundred people you meet, one of those hundred people, at least one of them is going to be a psychopath of some sort. Um, and there was a book written in 1979, a book called Serpentine that was written by Thomas Thomas, or is it Thomas, uh, Thompson, and he interviewed over a hundred people to write this book, including Charles Sabraj himself in person. He interviewed this man and it is like 600 page book of fucking horror and shock and deceit and calculation and success there's some even some funny funny ass and very clever points that he makes in this book after interviewing all these people and writing this book about uh charles uh sabraj so he's born april 6th charles was in 1944 and like i think vietnam and when he was born, he was an only child. But the problem is, being born in Vietnam, if your parents are not married, you're basically a child that is undocumented, and therefore you don't exist. So Charles Sabraj was already the child that did not exist on paper, bitch. And his parents did not want to stay together. His biological parents did not like each other. And they didn't want him, in particular, uh... He was a very clingy, needy child, and they both did not want him. Eventually, his dad left his mother, and uh, his mother didn't want to take care of him and thought he was clingy, and, you know, he's a little boy, he's screaming out for his daddy. She would, This bitch would tie him to a chair with rope so he would not, you know, go out and cry and cause mayhem and shit. So you already know. This is some child called it shit. Uh, eventually, his mom meets this, like, French naval officer or something. They get, you know, they're together, they get married. They end up having four kids of their own, and he's kind of like just the invisible, oops, older child. Like, oops. And they took him with him all the time, but he would sneak out. On get on a ship and try go back to Vietnam to go get with his dad. His dad wants nothing to do with him at all every time he goes back to see him. Um, and so his rejection from both of his parents really probably is what fucked him up. But it gets better, folks. He ends up 
just fucking leaving his parents and going and doing his own thing all throughout Europe and Asia. And just so you know, there's a lot of corruption in Asian politics, like the, the Asia's uh, law enforcement and their courts and stuff. It's still very archaic in some spots, so a lot of bribery and shit gets pushed under the rug, okay? Um, he ends up doing, like, petty crimes... After his bio, his his family, his adoptive kind of family, his mother and her husband, the French naval officer, they end up all moving to France, and he finally gets a passport of his own. He's declared a French citizen, um, even though he's Vietnamese and um, some other stuff. His mother is Vietnamese. They go there. You know, he gets his education. He leaves his family. He starts getting arrested for petty crimes. Um, like robbery and shit like that. And then it escalates up from that. He starts getting into big shit. He starts robbing really rich people and travelers that he can. He starts to develop a lot more self-education. He starts reading a lot of um, psychology books a lot of philosophy. He loved the arts. Um, many people probably would have met him and thought he was a very swell, very well-educated and very charming man. Um, people, it's hard not to like him is what a lot of people in that guy's book, Serpentine, said. It was hard not to like him. Even though he was utterly fucking terrifying, he was still very likable and very kind. Like... They couldn't really describe him other than that. He there was literally a list from back there where they back then when they were interviewed and one of their actual like law enforcement like psychiatrists or psychologists that do like the background check and they do your evaluation, your psych evaluation. This woman was like literally and she had the second opinion of her other colleague that was also a doctor. They were like, literally, he is charming. He is uh, extremely intelligent, uh, very perceptive uh, in personality base and in body language. Um, literally, they asked him questions for hours and he was like impenetrable, like you just couldn't get what you actually wanted and asked him out of him. The fucking, even, there were times when he was arrested in other countries uh, where they literally could not crack him. He would just not. They would literally be there for like two days still asking him shit. And they would just give up and throw him in a cell. But this man escaped some of the most formidable black site prisons and supposedly unescapable locations for criminals in Asia and throughout Europe when he was in his, like, early 20s and 30s, when he really started getting into, like, he was heavily into, like, drugs and prostitution and stolen cars and especially diamonds. He was very good uh, at uh, diamonds uh, and jewels because he was, he was one of those people that could, like, character act or anything. He starts... Uh, taking people's passports and using their false identities as his own. Um, so literally everybody he worked with didn't really know his true name. 
Um, sometimes he would have people working for them that he would bribe or had people that he would threaten and say, you're going to work for me now, find me victims, basically. He'd never kill them. He didn't start killing them up until he really started to... I think the man actually thought that he was above society's norms and expectations. He was above all the rules in his mind. He could. He also believed in the theory of um, will to power, where if you believe you can achieve something and you put enough effort into it, it is going to fucking happen. He 100% lived by that very kind of quote of will to power. And so then... Um, he starts he just escapes prisons he fucking carves through walls he bribes guards he threatens guards he drugs guards and other prisoners uh he threatens you know fucking captains he gives them money he uh like starts business with them like businesses in helping him get more victims to do horrible shit to like taking their passports and drugging them and making them sick. Because he would drug people with uh, with strep 9. Or whatever it's called. Where it makes you very nauseous first. And then you just pass out. It's not like sleeping pills. You literally are drugged. You get like roofied type like pass out. You don't remember shit. Um, but he would tell them that it was dysentery from the local food. And he would just keep feeding them stomach pills. And he'd say they were pills, but really they were strep nine and other things that he would put into the food. Um, so eventually he meets a French woman and gets her pregnant. And he takes her all through fucking Europe with fake information and stolen money and stolen passports and stolen cars. Uh, eventually she ends up having enough of his shit and leaves and goes back to her very bougie... Um, a very wealthy conservative French family and she's never seen by him again until way later when they interview her which is one of the people the guy interviewed um, and so he never sees his child or none of that shit he doesn't even care most times he leaves her at home or hidden somewhere um, so yeah it's just been it was just a crazy ride he does so much illegal shit and gets away with it. It's fucking ridiculous. Even at one point seeking out one of his brothers and introducing him into his criminal business of prostitution, drugs, and gems and jewels. Uh, and he, they both get arrested together at one point. They get into the prison. The one He tells his brother to tell the guards that he is Charles. Uh, Sabraj, and not his brother. So they let Charles leave, the real Charles, and they make his brother stay, only till when he fucking walks out that prison, his brother's like, I'm not really Charles, and they're like, doesn't matter, you still did the crime, because he told his, the only way his brother fucking would have said that he was Charles is that Charles said, once you tell them that you're not me, they're gonna let you go. Uh, if you confess to all of, you know, the crimes or whatever as me. And if you're not me, then they have to let you go, right? Is basically what he says to his brother. That does not fucking happen. He still did the crime with his brother. They're like, it doesn't matter if you're his brother or his, you know, just his fucking henchman. Like, you did it with him. 
you did the crime with him. They did, like, a bunch of robberies and shit of these hotels. Um, he would get really in line with the wealthy and the famous uh, people. He really, he was like a Don Juan. Like, women fucking loved this guy. He was a good time Charlie. Like, like fucking Austin Powers level mojo. Like, some, some shit. Uh, they said it was almost like a spell. Like, they were entranced, and they couldn't fucking help themselves. Even guys, I heard, like, there were dudes, he did not give a fuck. He had no level he was not willing to go to. Uh, But really, he was like a Don Juan, and he would just, you know, like, fuck these women and men, and take all their jewelry and passports and money they had after after he would drug them and sleep with them. But he didn't do it, he didn't, like, do... Like, hard physical crime until later, where he starts burning people, like, fucking tourists and shit. He goes in and out of several prisons, of course, bounces all around Europe and Asia, gets, you know, millions of dollars at his expense, uh, just keeps doing it and bringing more people into the organization. Now it's almost like a fucking secret society and organization he has. Literally, like, at least thousands of people at his employ, and... You know, eventually he starts like, I really am out of the hands of the law. I'm a law amongst myself. Starts fucking burning people's bodies, tourists and people, backpackers, people he tricks and just takes all their jewelry and belongings and passports and just burns bodies or they would be strangled or they'd be stabbed to death. Like, And he said later, after he gets caught, for the and he's in jail at one point for the longest amount of time anyone's held him in a jail because they changed their ways. Um, he ends up getting legit arrested in like Nepal or something, and he figures out if he goes back to Thailand, he is going to be fucking killed. Uh, cause they will just they're just gonna execute him because he's killed so many people now and done so many crimes. They're just gonna kill him. So he's like, well, I can't leave this prison because if they transfer me back home, I'm going to be killed. That's my end. So he ends up befriending all the prison inmates there in Nepal. And they charge him again with another murder because uh, he was already in there for one. Uh, and he says that they're unfounded. He gets interviewed in prison and he says that these are unfounded, uh, you know, judgments and that this place is as archaic as its law enforcement like they need help (laughs) and shit and like this journalist interviews him he gets charged with another murder and he's like i didn't do it and they're like i don't give a fuck we know you did it so then he sits there and rots a little more and then they're like we're gonna transfer you back home and let them deal with you he's like no 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 that'll i'll be dead and they're like oh well so then what he does is he he's buys a bunch of food and has it sent to this prison and everybody's like oh it's his going away you know dinner or whatever everybody eats all this food and drinks all this drink it's drugged because his people got to it and he got to it everybody passes out they said that prison guards fell asleep against their fucking rifles after they ate all this food and he literally just walks out of the fucking prison from his little going away party and uh 
leaves that, and then they capture him again when he's trying to go farther uh, to the north of where they're at. He's trying to get as far away from his home as possible. And they arrest him again, and they add another 10 years onto his sentence, and he has to serve it there. So he did it all because he didn't want to go home and get executed, and it fucking works. Then they start being like, okay, we learned from our mistakes. Uh, the, the rules for his cell was that he could never be unsupervised. He was never allowed to go to the, the prison hospital. The doctor always had to come to him if he was ill. He was not allowed to leave his section of the prison to go to the hospital because, um, too many times he escaped because he faked illness or injury. So... All that shit happens. He starts serving his sentence there. They start charging him with more and more shit. He escapes probably two more times. Um, he's let go, I think, in like 2004. And then he goes back to prison in 2007. And I think he's still serving in prison right now. But how the fuck all this shit happened? The millions of dollars. The things. The scandal. Because he was involved with fucking celebrities in France and other places. Celebrities. Politicians. All the big muckety-mucks. All the underground world um, of criminals and drugs and prostitution and sex trafficking, all of that shit involved. He's got all the fingers and all the right pies. And he's only in prison right now because I think he's being held somewhere in the U.S. or in, um, probably France or, uh, somewhere in Britain, most likely. Uh, cause they don't play no games now, no, nowadays. <laughs> it's not like before where he could just hop on a plane and, with a passport and not give a fuck. Now, after 9-11 and other things, terrorist attacks and what, whatnot, airport security is a bitch. And I dare you to try and get through that motherfucker with a fake passport more than one time. Cause I'm going to tell you this. I think they, I think after a couple times they will recognize that you're, you're hopping planes. And... And I know many would say people do it all the time, even now. And I probably could agree with that. But you, it's just, I don't think he would be able to. Now that he's an older man, I think he's basically spent and he knows this is the end for him. But you gotta understand, his organization probably still stands. So who's next? He's literally one of the most infamous people, and I don't know why we don't talk about him more. Uh, and why there's no movies. There's been tons of stuff written. One of my favorite journalists is uh, Mr. John Ronson, who wrote a book called The Psychopath Test. And there's also a TED Talk on it, so if you want to go look it up, look up John Ronson Psychopath Test TED Talk, and you'll find him. Uh, he's pretty funny. Uh, he also... He gets on an interview with, I think it's Joe Rogan, and uh, they talk about the Bohemian Grove, which is probably another thing I'm going to talk about in this, not in this episode. So Bohemian Grove is a whole other thing I'm going to talk to you about. I'm going to talk about secret societies and cults probably in another episode, which I might do today. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Uh, but if I do, I'm going to talk about that. Because that is some straight up... Illuminati, like, secret society shit. And I'll tell you whether I think the Illuminati is real or not. I'll probably talk about some of 
some of the stuff like the skull and bones because it's got a lot to do with even the now uh, news recently colleges if you did not know because there's been so many issues with hazing and initiations where these young college kids are dying and so they're trying to do away with uh, fraternities and sororities uh, right now they're trying to do away with all of that because they're they're like we can't have people you know binge drinking and dying or taking drugs or getting fucking raped um, so, we'll talk about it all. We're gonna talk about all the tea. All the tea. All the political secret conspiracy shit. I'm not really a big conspiracy theory person, but I don't believe in coincidence in certain circumstances. And literally, there's been an awful lot of coincidences, don't you think? Um, but yeah, we'll see in the next episode. I hope you have a fantastic day or night. Bye-bye.